Welcome to the Revival Center Podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and thoughts from our church. We hope you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Revival Center Podcast. We're so glad that you're here joining us again today. And if this is your first time, welcome. We're so glad to have you. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button. That is the best way that you can keep up to date with everything that happens here on our podcast. Uh, We have been uh, really enjoying uh, doing these devotions with you guys. And as well as we hope that you enjoyed last week where we got to sit down with um, Charlie Stewart, our men's director, talking about men's ministry, talking about their trip. Um, I tell you, it's so important to have men's ministry um, in this day and age. I tell you, it is, it's just so important, and it's great to see men growing together in Christ. And so if you haven't listened to that one, make sure to go back listen to it. Uh, Brother Charlie has some awesome things to say. And uh, as we have our devotion today, um, it's, a, it's kind of a based off of and, and connected to a book that I'm reading. And uh, I was reading a chapter last night, and there was a a concept that really stuck out to me, and I, I think it will be really interesting to you as well. So I know we have – you hear these different sayings in the Christian world. Um, we're in the world, but not of the world. Or you hear the sayings of uh, the kingdom of God is already, but not yet. That the kingdom of God is here, but it's also coming. Um, that we are saved, but we're also being saved. Uh, you hear these, you hear these um, phrases that capture – a true concept of the Christian life, which is the fact that through Jesus Christ, things have been changed, but they will become in their fullness when he returns. So uh, a way we could think about that is we are of this present world, right? We as Christians have uh, things that we must do. We are to witness. We are to care for the poor. We are to reach out to the needy. We are to share the gospel. We are to do all these things here in this present time. But we are also to be focused on Christ's return. And you can tell many times when we get these things off, when we focus on one at the expense of the other, or we, we don't understand the importance of both, that we can become one-sided in our Christian faith. We can almost become uh, one. Di- we we would say one dimensional, but in reality, it's two dimensional. We see the world as this flat uh, canvas that this is how it works. When in reality, our life is three dimensional. So the way that we see in three dimensions with our eyes is something called uh, parallax vision, um, which means that. Our eyes, our left eye and our right eye aren't actually seeing the same thing. They're offset to one another. They look at a different viewpoint. Yet then when they're combined and our brain does its work, we see in three dimensions. Our brain does the hard work is where when we see in the one uh, flat way that one eye sees and we see in the one flat way the other eye sees, it gets combined into this picture of three dimensions. And I think that's a lot of what the Christian life is. You see, when uh, Christ was praying the the high priestly prayer uh, in John chapter 17, it he prays not that we should be taken out of the world, but that we should be kept from evil. That's what Christ prays for us. So 
there is this sense that we are here in the world today, that what we're doing here makes a difference, right? And so when we keep that in mind, that's that one side of thinking, that we think and we view the world through the present. We as Christians can't ignore what is going on around us. We can't look at the world and try to escape from what's going on and ignore what's going on and say that, oh, I'm just going to go over here and I'm going to become a hermit and I'm going to go out and I'm just going to wait to the end, wait till Jesus returns. And although this isn't really the biblical approach, this is what a lot of people do. They just say, okay, let me get away. Let me go away from uh, the the world. Let me just get out of here. I'm looking for Jesus to come back. Um, I don't care about it. And obviously that's not biblical because in a real sense, we are supposed to care about those around us. You know, if we just decide that we're going to isolate, that we're going to run away, that we're going to, you know, avoid all of these things, then that's not, that's not what Jesus did. You know, Jesus entered into the present moment of the day that he was a part of. He entered into the difficulty. He did not shy away from the the mess and the nastiness of the religious struggle. He didn't run away from the the religious um, difficulties. Didn't run away from the political problems. You know, although he addressed them in ways that maybe the people didn't expect. But in the same sense, it's not that it was that he ignored, but that he had the kingdom and biblical approach to them that is just so unlike anyone else. Yet, Christ always proclaimed toward the future. He proclaimed that the kingdom was at hand, but that it was coming in its fullness. He proclaimed before he he died that he was going to come rise again. He was looking to the future. And all of these things, he talked about how he would then return at the end of days. And so there's that balance there. This is also how we think of our life, of that we should think we should focus on the day in light of the future in light of tomorrow, in light of Christ's return. And see, that makes all the difference. I think for most of us, our issue is not that we're too forward-thinking and that we're too focused on Christ's return. I think it's that we're too focused on the day-to-day so that we view the present through the present struggles or we view the present through our current feelings instead of viewing it through the coming of Jesus, through the end, you know, living with the end in mind. It's like, for example, um, if a if a carpenter comes and is going to make a, um, a piece of furniture, let's just say a cabinet, he's going to make a cabinet. And so he goes about his business, he has his wood, and he just starts cutting. He, he has this big piece of wood, and he, he's going to make all of the cabinetry out of this very large piece of wood. And so he just starts cutting. He, the first thing he's going to cut is the door. Well, if he doesn't cut with the end in mind, he cuts the cabinet door in the middle of his big piece of wood. Well, now what would have enough, he would have plenty of space. He would have plenty of ability to make this cabinet, except for he didn't start with the end in mind. He was just thinking of the present. He was just thinking, let me take care of this door. Well, in fact, if he would have cut with the end in mind, he then would have understood he couldn't cut it in the middle. 
he had to cut it on the end. And that made all the difference. So let's live with the end in mind. And so, you know, as I was thinking about all of this, thinking about, you know, that it being about the end and being about all of that, it really just kind of stuck out to me just how having these balanced perspectives, seeing both and really makes a difference. I think our world is so either or, meaning you either choose this path or you choose that path. You are either, uh, I mean, a perfect example is politics. You're either a Democrat or a Republican. And you pick one of these two, and that's where you go, and that's your line, and that's your dividing line. Um, you see it, obviously, in a little less dramatic of a way in sports, right? You're either an Auburn fan or an Alabama fan, right? You choose one or the other, and that's that's it. Um, we see this in all kinds of things where the dividing line is made so particularly clear. You're either of the present or you're either by the future. And that's just not how life truly is. When we start getting in this way of thinking in um, in life as two choices, you choose this path or this path, this path or this path, it kind of removes the the nature of life, which is that there's nuance there. There's difficulty there. There's you, you don't agree with everything of every part. You don't love everything of every position. And it's about, we are about the Bible. We are about Jesus. We are about the Lord. And so if we think that the way that the world looks at everything, at these either or choices, at these present or future choices, we miss the reality of the scriptural mandate and the scriptural reality. Right? Jesus didn't say, you choose either or, you are my future Christians, you are my present Christians. No, it's that we have this, this thinking of we're present and we're future, and that gives shape to the reality. Just like if you, try to co- if you cover up one eye and you only use one eye, you have a vision of what's going on around you, but it's not the complete vision as if you have both eyes open. And see, that is what we try to do as Christians. We try to have both eyes open. We have the eye of the present open looking to what's happened. We have the eye of the future open. And that's what's happening. And so I think that that is such a a marvelous way of looking at it. And really just, I hope it, it impacted you like it impacted me. Because it really, society right now tries to really hem us into being one note and one thing. And, you know, there is that difficulty because that's not how reality is. It tries to make us look in the image of this one thing and, and in reality know that, that Christ transcended a lot of these things. So here's an example. I believe that we should care for the poor, right? And I think all of you who are listening would agree. Well, generally speaking, and I know I may get in hot water by saying this, but generally speaking, now you can quibble over me- uh, methods all you want, but that's not what this podcast is about. Um, but people on the left side of the aisle, generally speaking, have over the years focused a little bit more on how, to, how, to, how do we take care of the poor? That's the question they're asking. How do we take care of the poor? 
Whereas the question they're not asking is, how do we take care of the unborn? Whereas that's the question that the people on the right are asking. So you see, in the biblical mandate, we're asking both questions, right? Both of them are important. The, the same with, with like taking care of those who are immigrants. Now, like I said, I'm not getting into politics here. I'm not asking, uh, you know, saying, well, what do you think about illegal immigration? That's not the point. But how do we deal with the person who's displaced, right? Who's displaced from war or difficulty or problems? Generally speaking, like I said, I'm talking generalities. A lot of times, some of the people on the left are more, uh, on the left side of the aisle were, were the ones who were more concerned about that. Whereas the ones on, on the right may have been said, oh, we, we need to, to care about the sanctity of our marriages and what marriage is. Well, that's more people on the right. And so you look at that, it crosses over on both sides. Maybe you're talking about racial issues. Maybe you're talking about all these things. Now, obviously, when we vote, you can only vote on one side, right? And there are many plethora of issues there that I'm not getting into today. But the point that I'm making is that the Bible influences and talks about all of those. Talks about all of those. Like, talks about the issue, the Bible talks about the issues of, of race and that obviously we love all peoples as they're created in the image of God. It talks about the the immigrant, right? It talks about those who are displaced, who have been pushed out by war. I mean, we look in the Old Testament how people are to be cared for, right? People are to be be uh, loved and shown in that that's the sojourner. Like in the, in the Old Testament, you were to leave part of your field unharvested so that the poor could go take some. You were supposed to treat the sojourner, the, the, the person who is, is coming through, just as if they're your own, right? You also are to treat the unborn as life and worthy of life. You're to treat marriage as something that God implemented between a man and a woman. All of those can be true. But see, what happens is, is that this world has, you're on this side and you believe this, you're on that side and you believe that, you, you're about this or that. And, and that totally hems us in to all of these things. And we get pushed up more by our politics is what determines who we are, um, who our group is depends on who we are. All of those things are simply dependent on what group we're a part of. But this way of thinking, this biblical manner of thinking, this present way of thinking, this future way of thinking, this way that we look through the lens of the Bible and look at the whole world and say, you know what, I don't have to fit in groups. Because Jesus, Jesus would not fit in well <laughs> in any of our modern groups. He would make he would make the capitalist mad because he would say that we we can't just treat people as purely monetary value. He would treat the the communists bad because uh, the communists would treat him bad because they would do the same thing. They treat people as oh, how much can you produce and and removing the individual because God cares about the individual. Where whereas the capitalists would be mad because God cares about the groups too, and he would say, "Oh, you're shrinking the individual." When in fact, Jesus transcended both, right? You would look at at the groups of of the Democrats. They would say, "Well, well, Jesus, how could you how could you not be before uh, traditional marriage?" And you know the Republicans would would have their problems too because of all these things, so many things. And so we have to be about Jesus. 
That's what all this is about. We have to be about Jesus and the way that he looks at the world, the way that he moves in, 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 in all of this. And we have to have rounded thinking. And I know I'm on kind of a soapbox here, but the way that social media and the way that when we get in our little groups shapes us into is it tries to make us cookie cutter and tries to make us out to be you're this type of person and people that are are like you think exactly like this. And most of the time, I would say all of the time, that is not off of a biblical perspective, but off of a human perspective or a political perspective, off of a cultural, societal perspective. It's not shaped by the Bible. And we must be shaped by the Bible. Our vision of the world must be shaped by the Bible. And that's what this concept really talks about. So I hope I didn't thoroughly confuse you. Um, I feel like I probably stepped on everybody's toes with my uh, <laughs> with my with my talk, but I, I just really think it's important because we must be Bible believing Christians, standing on the Word of God, no matter what cultural barrier it transgresses, no matter what political barrier it transgresses, no matter what our family says, no matter any of that. We are about the biblical truth, the biblical truth, and everything else in our lives bows to that. That's what takes precedent. That's what is priority in our life. And sometimes, if we're honest, the Bible steps on our toes. Sometimes the Bible pushes us out of agreement with the group that we're a part of. We may agree with nine out of ten things. But this one thing on the biblical issue, we still got to go with the Bible. We can't just simply say, oh, well, this is a part of my group. I guess I have to do this. It's that we are in the world, but not of the world. We are in the already, but not yet. We're in the present, but we're looking to the future. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means we don't get caught up in all of these these games that the world likes to throw. We don't get confused about what matters and what doesn't matter because our life is shaped by the Bible. Our life is shaped by Jesus. And it would do us well to really look and not get confused on what is what because it's very easy, very, very easy to confuse our political position with Jesus's position, with our cultural position with Jesus's position. And I, I, I mean this in a sense of obviously there are certain things that are, but when we start lumping everything in, the line between culture and the Bible gets blurred, the line between politics and the Bible gets blurred, and we have to take that step back. We have to have this parallax thinking, that fancy word, for meaning we have those two perspectives that make it into a well-rounded three-dimensional perspective. And so it's hard work. It takes a lot of thinking. It takes a lot of getting outside of our echo chambers and really seeking Jesus more than anything else. So, hey, I hope this is churning your wheels. 
agree with me, disagree with me, that's fine. But I, I just really want you to think, to really sit and think about this. Because when we really do and we really grasp a hold of it, I'm still trying to figure this out. I mean, I just read it last night. This is just all in my brain right now of thinking about this because, man, if we get truly a hold of this, of having this biblical rounded perspective and that really shaping our world, everything changes. Everything changes. So, hey, thank you guys so very much. I appreciate each and every one of you. I pray that you have a blessed week. Um, I love each and every one of you guys. Make sure to share this with a friend if this uh, if this touched them, uh, if this touched you, excuse me. Um, we'd love to grow this. Hit that subscribe button. We appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.